the biggest thing that people need to understand is, is you can get to the point where you're healthy. It just has to be worth it to you. It comes down to priorities. It's Evie here. Welcome to EML Radio, where we are always talking truth. All of those things you need to hear that nobody else is willing to say. Hello, truth seekers. Today's episode of EML Radio is sponsored by Strong Start. Strong Start is a new 90-day program designed to give you the opportunity through a structured program to start living your most fulfilling life. When it comes to eating, moving, and living, there are three critical things to develop in order for you to have lasting success. And those are self-discipline, knowledge, and accountability. So after devoting over a decade of my life to coaching in nutrition and fitness and mindset, I found myself losing accountability and self-discipline. Now I know exactly what it takes to create a fit body and a mind and a spirit to live to my highest potential. But over the last year, I felt myself just slipping, which is why I decided to develop the Strong Start program. Strong Start gives you absolutely everything you need to bring order back to your life especially in a time of great chaos like we're in right now. It's designed over a 90-day period with three 30-day phases. So phase one is designed for you to really hone in on developing self-discipline. And then phase two allows you to start using that newfound discipline to incorporate more choices into your eating and into your movement. And then phase three, man, that gives you the runway that you need to put all the newfound discipline and knowledge into place so you can sustain this progress for the rest of your life. So Strong Start works by providing you a complete program guide with exercises for absolutely every fitness level so that you know that what you're actually doing is going to produce the greatest results. And it keeps you moving in a way that is safe and that's functional for your lifestyle. It also gives you the mindset exercises to ensure that you're shifting your mind into seeking the most from yourself every single day because all of the exercises and all of the nutrition advice in the world won't help unless you work on building that mental toughness first. It also provides you a hardbound mindset and accountability journal so that you are writing down and tracking your progress every single day for those 90 days. And then lastly, the Strong Start Nutrition Guide uses my colors, not calories method in order to teach you how to eat so that you will never have to go on a diet again. Listen, Strong Start is changing my life and it is changing the lives of countless others. And it will undoubtedly change yours too. So head on over to evfats.com and learn more about Strong Start. Just remember, it is never too late to seek out and create a better you, but you just have to start. This episode is brought to you by Copow. Brighter food, brighter life. At Copow, we allow you to treat yourself to not cooking. Incredibly colorful, powerful meals delivered directly to you that taste like you're dining out, but at home. 
At Copal, we believe that colors taste better. We only use fresh, seasonal, colorful ingredients packed with all the good stuff so boring beige foods need not apply. It's nutrition that you can actually see. Nature provides incredible ingredients year-round. So if it's not in season, you're not going to find it in our food. So look, diets don't work. Food you want to eat does. Copal meals are perfectly balanced, craveably good, and help you eat right without you even knowing it. So whether you are looking to take a break from cooking just a few times per week, need business or lunchtime meals, or you're a busy family who needs a combination of meals for parents and kids, Copow has the perfect weekly meal plan for you. So just visit copow.com, that's C-O-P-O-W.com, and input your zip code to find out if Copow meals are delivered in your area. Copow, brighter food, brighter life. Well, hello. Um, my name is Dr. Ace. I'm a naturopathic medical doctor at my clinic, uh, Regenerate Health Medical Center in Santa Barbara, California. I am here right now with my lovely co-host, Madeline. She's our love it. dog, so she brings lots of joy and levity to otherwise challenging times. Um, I love to work with patients, particularly uh, working on pain, working on hormones, working on environmental health. Those are just really the the main things that I've come to specialize in because of the experiences that I've been through with my health and what I've really found there's been a need for. Um, So those are sort of where my passion lies, but, um, you know, keeping myself healthy, my family healthy, continuing to learn, especially about EMFs, the immune system. There's so much as I, you know, continue practicing. I've been practicing for six years and it's flown by and there's just always so much more to learn. So it's a, it's a fun field to be in. Well, I'm super excited about our conversation today. And I'm glad you kind of brought up um, when explaining what you do and um, that the kind of why behind what you do is the health stuff that you went through personally. And the, the main reason people tune into this show and we are, we've got just a booming audience, which is super exciting. It just lets us know that people really want to hear other people's stories and connect with people, which mm-hmm. we are in dire need of mm-hmm. as a world, right? More connection and hearing other people's stories. Um, so that's why people tune into this show. Like they, they get informed, they get inspired and they learn things, but most importantly, they like to hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. So can we kind of start there? Will you mind kind of just sharing with us like your health journey and how you ended up getting into this area of practice? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was my own health challenges as a child. Unfortunately, I was in a pretty intense motor vehicle accident and I sustained seven fractures to my left pelvis that really left me pretty immobile for a while and basically resulted in chronic pain. I was under chiropractic care. I saw orthopedists. I saw acupuncturists. I saw everything that my family thankfully knew to do and thankfully can walk and, you know, I'm healthy today. Um, but it left me in chronic pain. So how old were you when that happened? I was nine. Wow. Um, and so from the ages of about nine to 17, it was trying to figure out how to make my way in the world being in chronic pain. And thankfully, and I don't really know where this came from, but not taking pain medication was, I mean, pain medication was just never an option for me. It was, it, I was told that I would need it for the rest of my life and that there was 
nothing wrong with me. My orthopedist checked me out and I was perfectly fine. My x-rays were clear, right? And conventionally, there was no explanation, but I couldn't sit for prolonged periods of time. I would get fidgety if I had to stand for prolonged periods of time. I had to keep moving. So it made me into a, you know, know, avid athlete because movement was the only relief that I would get. Um, So, you know, all sports absolutely love moving my body, but it was just a big challenge. And when my mother actually got diagnosed with leukemia, she ended up finding a naturopathic doctor to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and said, you, you, ha- you have to just, you have to see this lady. I think there might be some other answers for you. And it was really a huge light bulb moment for me as a teenager, because my initial consult with her wasn't like any other visit I'd ever had. She was talking about my nutrition and my sleep and my stress and all these things. The doctors had never taken the time to really prod me and ask me about. It was always like, sit, you know, let me test, let me feel, you know, x-rays. It was very different. And from that visit right then and there, she said, you know, look, I've looked at your blood work. You're really inflamed. Um, you're an O blood type. I'd highly recommend that you avoid gluten, dairy, and sugar for three months and see how you feel. Like, don't take this as I'm telling you, you have to do this, but mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is your next step. And as a 17 year old kid, I was really upset because that was my jam. I loved my muffins. I loved my crackers. I loved my Havarti cheese. I wasn't a big sugar fiend, but you know, grains and dairy were a huge part of my life. Um, I was even a vegetarian at that point. Um, but I did it because, you know, why not? If if it was going to work great, but if it did nothing, okay, there, it was better than being in chronic loss. Right. And, um, so I did. So, you know, I got over my my, you know, I don't know, anger, frustration about this isn't fair, et cetera. And I avoided those foods, completely changed my diet and my pain went down by 50%. Wow. And that alone. And it was, it was, it was absolutely mind blowing to me. And it really made me question what else is out there and what do I not know about? Because I would kind of resigned myself at that point. You know, I needed chronic chiropractic care, like two, three times a week, just to stay stable, but all of a sudden a major change by just changing what I ate every day. It was, it was amazing. Um, so really that, you know, set me on a path of wanting to learn more. And, you know, I didn't know anything about naturopathic medicine before working with that doctor. I didn't even know that, you know, doctors, the, the uh, my type of doctors existed and how absolutely revolutionary it would be and how simple sometimes the fixes could be, but could lead to incredibly dramatic improvements when the right things are focused on. So that really gives me an incredible passion to work with my patients because I want to figure out, I want to, you know, find in their puzzle, what are the pieces that they can shift, change, start doing, stop doing that will have a dramatic effect because there are always reasons for what we go through. The autoimmune diseases, the pain, the digestive issues, the anxiety, whatever it is, I know that our body's trying to help us, but we need to understand physiology and understand what the body needs and make those shifts and it can be life-changing. So that's, that's kind of how I got started. And having been in chronic pain, having been in a state of a resignation, like I had mm-hmm. given up hope. 
I just, you know, slept with my ice pack every night to fall asleep. I found my ways to make it work, but I didn't really have hope that it, it could get better. And to now be on that flip side, understanding what's going on with my body, feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I get the occasional ache and pain or issue, I understand what's going on. It's a, it, it, it's just in a completely different state of being. So I can empathize with my patients that are dealing with things that are difficult. They haven't had answers. They might feel antagonistic to their bodies, be mm-hmm. angry, upset, feel like they're wrong, bad, you know, a lot of emotional strife um, and really help them see and guide them to what their body needs to improve. So it's absolutely my life's passion. Um, and I would not have gone this route had I not had, you know, that major wake up call of, you know, being slammed between two cars and completely changed the course of my life. So at this point, I'm very grateful for all the challenges that I went through because <laughs> I can totally see that it's, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be in this role and I wouldn't be able to powerfully help people and have experienced it. Cause I've really noticed that, I mean, I've only been in practice for six years and mm-hmm. for me, it feels like a while, but that's, you know, a blip in terms of medicine. There's just so much to know, yeah. but really, I mean, the fact that I've collected so many different stool tests and I've had so many different exams and I can walk them through it from a place of personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I'm able to help a lot of people that way. And I'm grateful. Love it. Well, there is so much to unpack there. And I knew once you just told me some of your story that we'd be able to like go off onto some like, like really kind of hone in on some of the key points that you shared. For one, it was remarkable that just listening to your story that you had um, at 17, that's a young age to have this curiosity, right? And like a willingness to really do whatever you needed to do to improve your life, right? Improve your existence, reduce your pain, all the things that you did. So that's awesome. And I love those kind of stories. And just so you know, a side note, like because you have that strong of a personal attachment to your why and like why you do what you do, it just, you can feel it just coming across the screen. And I always, just so you know, I always hate like doing all these podcasts over Zoom. Mm -hmm. Like in an ideal world, I would be able to like have everybody here or I would go visit people. But because they usually lack just like this deeper connection that, you know, when you're sitting in the room with someone and you can feel their energy and, um, but man, that's not happening here at all. So that's awesome. Um, and the one thing, there's a couple of main topics I want to hit on in there when we talk today. And one is that, you know, that encouragement of people to be curious because we've kind of lost that. Um, we'll go there. And then also in, in the limitations of, Western medicine and the differences between naturopathic or functional medicine, right? So that we can kind of lay out for people the major differences there. And there's not as if like, I mean, I'm married to a Western medicine doctor, you know, that is like Western medicine has been a part of our life for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also understand it at a deep level of its limitations and what it's meant for and what it's not meant for. Absolutely. And I think right now this is just so timely because people really don't people need to understand. But I'm seeing people become more and more curious all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going like, I'm not so sure what I believe here. And I need to start probably taking some responsibility for my health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to kind of dig into both of those areas. Awesome. Um, Well, and I'll start by just telling you. So there was on social media the other day, someone had shared 
um, is a gal that is really into um, like the healing, healing arts and yoga and meditation. Um, but she had shared a post. It was all about when's the last time your doctor asked you how many hours you sleep? When's the last time your doctor asked you how you reduce stress? It was like, and it was like a laundry list of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it struck me in a couple of different ways. It like kind of lit in an emotion in me. And it was like, well, for one, it was indication that people don't really understand what their medicine doctor is there to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was very evident that there's a lack of understanding of personal accountability and responsibility in taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted it, it like, it made me come to the defense a little bit of Western medicine doctors where we can say, I've been with my husband since I was 18 years old. Right. So I've been through the, and now I'm almost 50. So like I've been, I've been through all of it. Right. And 17 years of him practice it's of studying and residency and fellowship just to do he's highly specialized. Well, in all that time, the Western medicine system is not set up for disease prevention and there and trying to teach people about nutrition. He knows nothing about nutrition, right? I'm the health expert in that regard. He takes advice from me, right? Because he understands like he's there. If you're really sick, if your liver is failing and you need him to stent it, like he's your guy. Mm -hmm. And I really want to drive home and have this conversation with you today so people can really understand that Western medicine doctors, it's a completely different environment. And if you're going to them, and seeking out like the why and the understanding behind like, why mm-hmm. do you feel this way? You're barking up the wrong tree. It's not going to happen. And there's yeah. a lot of reasons behind that. And in, in their defense, it's not because they don't care. Um, yeah. A lot of them started by caring, right? But then we've mm-hmm. got a healthcare system that is just run by big pharma and yep. bureaucrats. And they're getting reimbursed maybe 80 bucks for the visit. Like, I mean, the the finances of things have to come into play at some point, right? So in their defense, there's that side. But then, unfortunately, they oftentimes don't claim that they're not really there to help you. (laughs) They're there just to kind of see you, get you out of the office, give you a prescription so that you just go away. Yeah. I mean, the model is not set up for patient success or doctor success, right? Because I know. A lot of conventional doctors are frustrated. They want to be able to help more. They're limited by time, by finances, by training. It's they want to they want to be able to do what I am able to do, but mm-hmm. they are not set up in such a way that they're able to do it. So you know, my practice is outside of insurance. We are not able to be within that model because insurance dictates what gets covered, what gets run, what gets looked into. Right. It's not the doctor saying, oh, you know, Susie Q, you I want to run these, this, this, and this test. It's, oh, what is insurance going to allow me to run? Therefore, we can it doesn't work. Totally. Like on a really extreme level, you'll love, you'll love this on an extreme level. So my husband's a vascular interventional radiologist Mm -hmm. and he came from MD Anderson and in Houston. So he does he when he first was starting practice, it was like there's a lot of really high level stuff that he did that maybe weren't seen in Idaho. Right. Mm -hmm. And the the director of Blue Cross Blue Shield for the state of Idaho was a retired dentist. And this is the guy that my husband you literally would have to be on the phone with hours per week arguing with about how this is not experimental. It's just not seen here in Idaho yet. And that would be the person, a retired dentist, was yeah. making the decisions on vascular issues for the patient. 
right? There were times back in the day when my husband could do procedures without it being without so many regulations that he would be able to do it and just do it pro bono, which he would do that. Mm -hmm. That shit doesn't fly anymore. He can't even like order an x-ray for me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the system is, yeah, it's, 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 it's a systemic issue, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I I think, you know, like your husband, doctors set out that, I mean, you, you can't get into medicine without having some desire to help people. You can get down, you can get beat down, you can become jaded. But, you know, at the beginning, you put in all the work to help because this is not a path, whether it's, you know, naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, conventional medicine, you don't do this just for the heck of it. It's not fun. And you don't just do it for the money because I know a lot of people think that as well. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, that that really isn't true. So I really want to make sure that we're stressing that too. It's like, it's not about greed or money or I'm going to go in this and make a shit ton of money and I don't really care about people. The driving force behind anyone wanting to work that hard starts out at, I really want to help other people. Exactly. And so, I mean, for me, I remember being in medical school, writing on my whiteboard in my bedroom, I want to be a doctor because literally I was feeling so run down. I just, I have to remember, like, I'm choosing this. I want this. I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, because at any, on the day to day too, you know, it's, it's not always, you know, crush cakes and, and, and sunshine <laughs> dealing with patients can be difficult. You're dealing with really intimate challenges that can be very, very difficult, you know? And so it's, it takes a lot of drive, but like you could tell this is absolutely why I'm supposed to be here. And I know that I'm good at it and I know that I can help a lot of people. So, and I'm so, as I'm so grateful that I've been able to set up my medical center in such a way that we're able to directly connect with people, especially right now, you know, we have taken a stand for people's ability to make the choices about what healthcare is right for them, right? We don't tell patients what they have to do. And now all of a sudden that has actually become revolutionary, whereas it should be fundamental. Absolutely. It's a crazy world. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I love that my training went deeper into nutrition, went deeper into emotional connection, went deeper into physiology, biochemistry to understand and that, you know, my ability to connect with my patient is I need to know everything about you, mm-hmm. right? So that I can focus on what the highest yield things are for them to do, not do, take, et cetera. And it's, you know, it's, it's very different. So my patients come here expecting to understand why, to learn, to be empowered, to be able to do things on a daily basis versus just, you know, take medication. Of course, supplements and hormones and peptides, sure. and so many things they can inject, take. There's a lot of good things there, but I like to start at the basics with appropriate lifestyle. You know, you have to eat well, sleep well, move well um, to be healthy. So, you know, I'm also unapologetic with patients or anyone that I talk to that they have to create health for themselves. And I aim to model that because. I do weight training. You know, I know you do too. It's absolutely essential. I tell patients it's like eating vegetables. You you have to lift weights or put resistance on your frame in order to be healthy. Just like you can't just eat white foods all the time and be healthy, you know, and they have to work for it. And I like to set up an environment where they have to take responsibility, but I'm there to guide and support them and tell them what the highest yield things are to do so they can expect to get to the root of what's going on. 
But you know, that, that weight training that you just talked about too, that's really important. And I want to hammer that home a little bit for people too, is we're seeing now I've always spoken to it is that you're beyond healthy. Like I'm not in the medical field, but I'm in the health field, right? I help people nutritionally and with their lifestyle and a lot of different areas. Um, I always am encouraging people to be resilient. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you had to go to war, right, which you mm-hmm. actually do every day, life is just full of unknowns, things thrown at you, stresses, like we're just kind of all like fighting through our days, right? And trying to make the most of our life. And the key to that is being resilient. Yeah. So versus just telling people healthy, because I also think that so many people have a really big misconception of what health is, hmm. right? Huge. We saw it. Yeah, we saw it all the time when the COVID person first was healthy, and then they came down. They just with- died. I'm like, there was it, no. And I mean, I got to the point where when that was first kind of coming out, when COVID was really first on the scene, and you would see all these, you know, things on Instagram like this is a perfectly healthy guy who was a bodybuilder, right? And mm-hmm. he got he's like in the ICU for a month, and then you go to his Instagram page, and he's fucking eating Doritos. Right. Drinking Drinking soda. Yes, absolutely. It's like, okay, well, he's cut because your physical outward appearance and how ripped you are, you and I both know that is not the biggest indication of what everything under the hood looks like. Right. I know with those types of people, I'm like, I want to run your vitamin D levels. I want to look at your yeah. marker. Like, there is right. No I don't want to see your abs. Healthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. hormonally at my worst health when I was competing in CrossFit. Yeah. Right? And I've been I'm out of it now for three years and I'm still digging myself out hormonally because being in your mid 40s, too. Right. Like that's just for women. That's an age where a lot of changes are happening. And then also going from extreme training, extreme dieting, overeating, yeah. right. Having to just eat a shit ton of calories every day. That really kind of kind of set me back. And now I'm digging out of it and norm, like just living like a normal healthy, resilient mm-hmm. person versus a competitive athlete. But I really want us to stress to people that are like, it, there's resilience. Mm-hmm. Like think about someone, when you look at them, do you want to be able to take that person to war with you? Or yeah. are they just going to blow over in the wind? Because that's yeah. the other thing I think, especially for women, I don't mm-hmm. like to make blanket statements like that, but a lot of women think that just being skinny it means you're healthy. healthy. Yeah. No, I no. know. I mean, and that's with every new patient in my office, we do body composition testing, mm-hmm. you know, because they might think that they, you know, weigh 115 pounds and they're healthy, but when they see their hydration, their muscle mass, their body fat, all of that, it's a big eye opener to do you use, do you use in body scanning Yeah, or in, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. The simplest one, right. Yep. Because be on the report and it's just, it, it's, it's how I start because I want them to understand, look, we're going to be data driven about your health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to look into data that's actually helpful for you so you can understand. Mm-hmm. And when they see the graph, right, of, oh my gosh, my fat is 40%, you know, they start to understand, okay, I, I have some work to do. Tell me what to do. Okay, great. It, you know, and it sets yeah. them up for a good place to be willing to take action. But yeah, this concept that, you know, just because you look fine, you're healthy, it, it's, it's, that is not health. But then again, that goes back to the paradigm of conventional medicine, because if you don't have a disease, right, you're considered by default healthy, but no, right. And there's like, there's one, right. Here's health, here's disease, right. It's like, they're far apart. 
and there's, there's so many subtleties in between. So take, for example, you know, adrenal dysfunction, you know, everybody basically has adrenal dysfunction because of excess stress. Right. Mm -hmm. But conventionally, the only issues are major excess or major deficiency, Cushing's disease or Addison's disease. And they can be life threatening, they're major problems. But mm -hmm. in this whole in between, you can have blood sugar issues and blood pressure issues and weight gain and brain fog and insomnia and body aches and inability to recover from injuries and an inability to build muscle. I mean, you can have so many issues that are not healthy, but are not a disease. Yes. So it's, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely some good that's coming of the craziness in the world right now that quite a lot of people are waking up to, wow, I have to take care of myself or, or else I'm not going to make it. And, 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 and that's great because people need a wake up call. They do. You have to take care of yourself. And there's a lot working against people. There's marketing, right? Major <sighs> food companies, the lie of you can just do a high intensity boot camp once a week and be fine. Like that's there. There's a lot of lies, right. That, yep. you know, us in working in the actual, how do you get healthy world have mm -hmm. to dispel for people. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap there. And there's a battle in that we also have just been trained to want everything immediately. True. Because you and I both know it's a shit ton of work. Yeah. It is work, right? Yeah. And we're Every living, day. we've been living yeah. in decades now of people like, I just don't want to have to do the work. Yeah. So, you know, like there's, there's two parties responsible there. There's all the marketing mm -hmm. and the big companies that are just driving lies. But then there's the consumers with knowing full well, if they were to be really honest with themselves, mm -hmm. like if you could get fit and be totally healthy in one hour boot camp, mm -hmm. why wouldn't everybody do that? Yeah. So consumers know too. And I like to call both sides out because it's like yeah. fair is fair and people need to step up. And I'm, I'm encouraged now because I'm actually starting to see it, mm -hmm. um, especially probably within the last couple of weeks, like this whole new wave of people going, whoa, 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 whoa. Now I kind of, I'm going to set my politics aside and I'm realizing I, that like, I'm getting lied to a lot because the lies are so blatant right now. No, I mean, so I, crazy blatant. I'm I, like, I'm actually encouraging so it. Out in the open. I'm like, keep on lying this blatantly because this I is going to help everybody realize Yeah, they've been fed a big lie for a year yeah. and a half. It's so true. And now the, the, the next step is like, okay, well, who can I trust? Where can mm -hmm. I get information? That's, you know, totally. I have patients asking me, I'm getting all this conflicting information. What can I trust? And the only answer really is you have to critically think and decide and mm. what is, what is truth to you? Like what makes sense? You know, there's a lot of people like myself, like you that are trying to empower people with knowledge, but at the mm -hmm. same time, don't blindly trust us. You know, so it, you know, it, it takes work again. It takes work to get information that you feel is truthful. Yeah. Um, and, and I make a vow to people that, and to myself, mm -hmm. that I work really hard because we're all guilty of it, right? We have our own belief system. It's very easy for us to read or give ourselves information on to, you know, confirmation bias of what yeah. we already believe. Um, but I've made a vow to myself every day that I'm going to set that aside in every piece of literature I read. I'm reading several, three, four things a day, listening to podcasts to try to learn that I'm going to do the critical thinking and not pass anything along that I don't know really anything about. Yeah. Just right before we got on this recording, I got a text from a gal here locally that was asking me about this 
um, Navavax. Have you seen Novavax? Novavax. Okay. I was like, I haven't looked at it enough to -hmm. even give you slightly an educated opinion. And it's just an opinion, but I like, I'm not educated in that enough because I like right now, we also have too many people talking about shit they really don't know anything about. That's very true. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to be one of them. (laughs) It's, 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 it's a, it's a sickness of the God complex that health professionals are put up on this pedestal. Like you're supposed to know everything. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's, you know, it takes confidence, I guess, to be like, look, I know this, I don't know this and be honest with people about how you can help them, how you can empower them. And then, you know, go educate yourself. That's what, you know, you and I do every day is we have to educate ourselves so that we have information to make it digestible for people. Mm-hmm. But again, in the conventional world, there's way too much of lack of acknowledging when they don't know. And like a good rule of thumb is for people to think like, assume you're wrong unless you know otherwise, right? Because chances are you are, and you probably don't know the whole story, but that takes a whole level of humility that unfortunately within the medical community too is scarce. (laughs) And we're seeing it right now. I mean, and I'm, I've been more and more vocal about this Hmm. as now, as we're running into livelihoods being jeopardized, right? Like the position my husband and I are in, he, he's not an employee of the hospital, but um, he has hospital privileges. So, and Medicare billing. So like, I mean, we're we're in the thick of this fight, right? Um, And I'll just leave it at that. But before I wasn't willing to really go into much of this, but now I'm on the offensive. I'm like, it's the people out there stating, in my opinion, any medical practitioner just saying this vaccine is safe, is not fully informed, period. Because you cannot say that when it has only been around for this amount of time. Absolutely. And it's irresponsible to say that. Clinical trials. You don't have to say it's unsafe. You have to say, I don't know. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, there's there's a lot that we can't prove about safety, but the (sighs) default is it is safe. So to me, it's, it's, it's absolute insanity. Something that we literally cannot say we know is safe to go and mandate that. Well, it's, it's, it's unfathomable to me to tell someone that you have to do something to your body and you cannot show them that it actually is safe. Correct. It's, it's, I'm with you. It's mind blowing when like, even when the announcement from Biden came out on Thursday, I was like in a, almost like a drunken stupor for like two days straight. Like I had to just not pick up my phone because I really, I mean, obviously for us personally is a huge issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we also employ a lot of, it, there's so much to that. Yeah. Um, and then my husband's, you know, medical career of like, okay, is this is like how I'm going to end my career in medicine after 30 years of dedicating my life to this over 30 years, 37 yeah. years now. Right. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So we had to really step back, but now, like it's go time. Yeah. It's time for people everywhere. Yeah. And I don't care if you got the vaccine. This is the deal. I don't care because that yeah. was your choice to make. I would never yeah. ask anyone in a million years. People tell me all the time. And I'm like, you know what? Please don't even tell me if you got the vaccine because I don't care. I don't ask if you got your mammogram. Like, I, I don't care. Yeah. It's I mean, totally I'm your choice. Very much on the side that you do what is best for your body. You make your yes. own decisions and I will make my own decisions. and. Yeah, but that now has become revolutionary. I know. 
And I encourage people that they just have to be fully informed. And we've obviously had, you know, legal counsel already involved and everything else and have been really active in some local medical like freedom groups to go Mm -hmm. like, okay, where do we go from here? Because like everybody, like it's time now. Yeah. There's no more sitting back and someone else is going to do it for you. Very true. Because right. we're at the point of if, if you know, passports pass, if regulations get to the point where there's no turning back, that's, yeah, that's a it's tyranny. It's too late, right? By then it's too to late. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, right. And the whole like informed consent is where a lot of this is going to teeter because yep. when when it all comes out and when more and more lawsuits get filed and everything else, informed consent has not taken place. No, but I mean, it also, it also hasn't taken place in medicine for a long time. It's been eroding kind of slowly and it just took a nosedive Mm -hmm. because the medical, the conventional medical care system doesn't give enough time to really appropriately counsel patients and help them understand the pros and cons. So for example, I do a lot of hormone replacement therapy with Mm -hmm. particularly perimenopausal and menopausal women. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a conversation to be had there, right? right? About doses and forms and delivery methods and cancer and genetics. And so it's, you know, it's usually like a 60 minute consult conversation when we're getting them set up with things. Oh yeah. Whereas when I have patients that were put on hormone replacement from a lot of other doctors, they were just given a standard protocol and told, this is just what you do for menopause, two minute conversation, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know about options. They don't know about risks. They don't understand. They're usually not feeling good also, but it's just, it's an entirely different approach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because it takes time. And it's not time that is a procedure and it's not time that has, you know, high billing associated with it. Mm -hmm. So doctors have really gotten away with not fully informing patients. And now this has just gotten. And I would go so far as to say now that not informing themselves, Mm -hmm. there's, we've had deep conversations in our household and like my husband really is at just a crossroads in his life because he's like, I he has high ethical standards and he's like, I want to have integrity. And he always has in what he does. He's kind of fortunate in that he's not dealing with a ton of patients every day. They're mm-hmm. very, very sick and it's very mm-hmm. specialized. So he has to know everything he needs to know. But we're talking like your general practitioner, obese or any of these other people that are seeing, you know, 25 patients in a day. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just, he's saddened by by the lack of actually practicing medicine that is happening. Yep. And I mean, it, it, it's been brainwashing for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. That's been happening for a long time now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't say that my profession is exempt either. You know, there's a lot of doctors that are naturopathic doctors that are fully bought into this, think it's safe, think it's fully effective, think it's appropriate to mandate an experimental medical procedure when to me that's unfathomable, right? Yep. I mean, it's, yep. it's on, on many different levels. Yep. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy town, but you're right. We have to do everything that we can nowadays to stand for our personal rights, the mm-hmm. rights of our patients, because if we don't, if we lose bodily autonomy, 
there's not really any other right that is worth protecting after or that. more sacred than that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I so, fully agree. And for people listening or watching this that are like, well, I'm supportive of the vaccine and I feel like it keeps people safe. So I'm okay with them doing that. This doesn't end here. Mm-hmm. People have to realize that, right? Like this whole thing started with two weeks to flatten the curve. And now it's like, show me your yeah. papers. <laughs> I mean, so if anyone listening really thinks this is it, it's like, this is not it. This is just the beginning. And my question would be, where does that end? in giving the government the right to force you to do something with your body? Where does that end? Because maybe it's going to be in five years. We don't know when it's going to be, but that stuff is going to come for you where you're like, wait a minute, I don't really want that. It's like, that's where all of us are right now. And we're all one society. We're all one country really trying to be the best country and individuals that we can be. Well, and if we know, right, like we were speaking about earlier, the limitations of conventional conventional Western medicine, of course, there are a lot of pros, but there's also cons, but that is our standard. So if that is our standard, but we know the limitations and we know it's not getting us really the answers that we want, of course, life-threatening situations, there's nothing better. But if that becomes the standard and that becomes the mandated standard, but it's not getting us healthier. It's that's not going to end well for anyone. No, I I recall when I was, you know, entering, well, applying to medical school, I had to write an essay about a topic related to healthcare that I felt passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I ended up writing about the erosion of parental consent for healthcare decisions for their children. And I thought that that was really wrong that the state could step in and mandate a conventional medical procedure against the will of the parents, you know, and have children, you know, taken by social services and things like that. But that's very analogous to what is happening now, right now, right? The state is saying, this is now what you must do. It's so, you know, it's, it's that same principle of you need to have the ability to make your own decisions about your healthcare, but it goes, it's so much deeper than that. Right. So a lot of people really, oh, this isn't the hill I'm willing to die on. I'm not going to fight for this. I'm just going to, you know, put my head in the sand. It's not going to end well for any of us. No, and you and I are so big about, we have to be proactive about our bodies and protecting our rights because there are a lot of special interests that would love to have direct access to mandating what goes into our bodies. And yeah. Cause they have a lot to gain from it. Right. You know, <laughs> they, they, they have a lot to gain and we have a lot to lose and yep. it's just, you know, uh, but again, it all goes back to education and there are a lot more people than there are those making decisions. And so people need to wake up to the fact that their body is their responsibility. They can be healthy if they make concerted choices every day yep. to sleep, to eat well, to lift, to get appropriate nutrients, et cetera. Right. It's, yep. it's not rocket science. And this is where I have fun, like with my patients, yeah. because, you know, for, for, for people that have had health issues for so long or that are stuck, it's it, when they get breakthroughs, it's revolutionary. Oh, right? totally. It's life-changing. But for me, it's just like, okay, now you understand. Great. Right. It's it's not this crazy thing that, oh my God, what's happening? This is insane. It's let's understand what your body needs. And I just have so much confidence and respect um, for the body 
because it, it, it follows natural laws. It doesn't do things randomly. And so right. It's so not much- like your body doesn't hate you. Your body yeah. is not like trying to kill you. Your body's no, trying to survive. Just so you know, always. you're the one trying to kill it. Right? Yes. And so <laughs> right. if we can understand, right, how our brain is dictating what our body needs to do, mm-hmm. then we can understand what's happening. You know, like, for example, a lot of times high blood pressure, it's not the only cause, but if people are stuck in that fight or flight, sympathetic, you know, state of being, their brain will just be sending signals. I need high blood pressure because I need to protect myself from my environment. Yep. Right. Or a lot of times high blood sugars or insomnia. If your cortisol is pumping, your body's saying, where's the fight? So it's just what's happening. Why is your body think that you need this? How can we shift that? And it's, it's fun because it's puzzle pieces. Yep. So it's, yeah. I, I well, love- and I always, I always, told my clients when I was working one-on-one with people. Now I'm just online. Everything's online. So I don't get to sit and visit with people anymore. And it's lots of people now versus just, you know, 30 where I used to be face-to-face. But I always told people that all of these words and all of these facts are just that. They're just words until you feel them within your own body. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to like give people like tangible ideas about like how the things you and I are talking about, how do we get people to actually feel that within their own body? Because mm-hmm. when they do, it's like that light bulb, right? I was that. I grew up so unhealthy, right? It was like, I kind of just raised myself. I was kind of on my own, mm-hmm. like latchkey kid, McDonald's for every meal, frozen pizzas. All I would eat was Tony's pizzas, just mm-hmm. cheese, right? I can still remember like in my twenties, I was, I was always skinny, but mm-hmm. like I was skinny. I wasn't fit. I lived on bagels. That was all I ate. Right. And then ended up with irritable bowel syndrome. Like just like they thought my grandma died of uh, colon cancer. And so at a very young age, she was only 63. Um, And she died quickly. It was like diagnosed and she was dead nine months later. And I had, you know, bloody stool and everything else when I was only in my early twenties. It's like high stress job and stuff. But my diet, it all came down to the fact that I ate Olive Garden. Like I did, I never grew up knowing how to eat. Right. And so I had no idea what I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. then like, thankfully all the pieces kind of fell together for me where I was like, okay, like I'm getting colonoscopies when I'm only 23 because I've got bloody stool. Like something's not right here. And thankfully I had a guy that was like, you know, let's start with diet and let's just take a look at it. And as soon as I went down that road, it was like, it was like, a pyramid that was just building and building and building. Mm-hmm. I started with just like, let's make some major changes in diet, like you shared. And mm-hmm. then from that, it was like, man, I just feel so much better. Now I have better energy. Like my mood's better. I'm sleeping better. Like all of those pieces mm-hmm. start building up. And that, that's what, like, I, I want us to be able to help people do like in this conversation is like, okay, what do we do now? Because some people will listen to this and be overwhelmed. They're like, I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm like I mean, tangible steps to help them feel it. Yeah. I mean, and it, I mean, I would probably start with nutrition. I think that is the most fundamental, right? Because I have just based off of nutritional changes alone, I have had patients resolve diabetes. I've had patients resolve insomnia, re- resolve joint issues, resolve bowel issues, right? Mm-hmm. And most people are not taught how to appropriately nourish themselves. Totally. Right. You know, so it's, get rid of the junk food, get rid of the alcohol. I know it's socially acceptable, but it's crap for your body. Yep. Right. And yep. eat at least three 
nutritious meals a day and it may cost money, right? There's, there's that for sure. But do you want to be healthy now or have disease later? Right. It's, and it's, it's not going to cost you near what your medical care is going to cost you no. in the future for exactly for mistreating your body. Truly all your medications. No. It's like your food is going to be a lot cheaper than yeah. any kind of medication that you're going to be I mean, forced and, to take. And I, I got to a point with my patients, you know, I am working one-on-one and you know, it doesn't always work well just to see patients every, you know, six to 12 weeks, give them, you know, a protocol, explain things to them and then say, okay, go ahead and do it. So I actually formulated a, a, pro, a, a program that I call foundations and it's, oh. it's designed to teach people how to eat well, how to move well, how to sleep, how to reduce your stress, right? All the basics where if you're not doing that, you have no business talking about hormones or supplements or, you know, all these other higher level things yep. because you create your health by the actions that you take every single day. Mm. Right. So, I mean, if people ju- cutting out junk food, that could be one thing eating breakfast. That is actually a yeah. very revolutionary thing because intermittent fasting has become so popular People think that it worked for my friend, you know, Susie, so it's going to work for me, but they don't understand that they're high stress, maybe overtraining, maybe underslept, maybe going through something, right? And that in not eating breakfast, it's too much stress for their system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we start to see blood sugar issues and blood pressure issues and anxiety issues, you know, and just eating within 90 minutes of waking something that has some good stabilizing in terms of blood sugar protein. Mm-hmm. then all of a sudden morning hunger, hunger can return. Whereas they yeah. thought, oh, I'm not hungry, so I'm not going to eat. They don't necessarily realize that hunger is based off of hormones that can become very out of whack if you chronically mistreat your body or make your body think that, you know, for survival, it needs to conserve calories. It doesn't need to so, eat because it's like running from mammoths. Right? Exactly. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's simple stuff, but in a targeted way for people that can be mm-hmm. the most powerful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would start with eating well. Yep. It's, it's just so fundamental. And then, yeah, once you're eating well, you're probably going to start to sleep better because you're probably not waking up to pee as much or having abdominal pain and you're, you know, having steadier sleep and then your energy gets better and then your mood gets better. And then you actually want to move your body. So it can very well be, like you said, climbing up that pyramid. Yeah. And people just need to know that it is almost no matter what they're dealing with. I'm going to leave some room for unknown, but their body can heal. Like we are designed to, and that is I think it's one of the most amazing things in the universe, how much we can heal. Like, like you actually scary, how similar the story is. I actually developed rectal bleeding from overtraining as well in my Mm twenties, right before I started medical school. So for me, my medical school journey was not only how do I learn how to get people healthy, but I needed to get myself healthy. And then I decided to overtrain and CrossFit again, again. <laughs> well, because when it's in you, it's in you. I get it. Starts, right? It's like, it's like a drug. You it. can't stay away from it. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it, it, I mean, nutritional changes just, again, I had, I, I'd experienced it when I was 17, but that wasn't even enough for me to, you know, continue to build health. I still needed to make mistakes and feel like crap and learn. And it took many times of messing up and figuring it out. Like I even remember, you know, I was, I was going to be low carb and I was going to be gluten-free. Right. But I was 
exercising to the point where I really needed carbs. So I ended up just going to the grocery store and I would walk in and I would just buy a box of gluten-free cookies and I would get in my car and I would eat the entire box. In my mind, I was like, okay, there's no gluten, right? This is good. But it wasn't conscious. My body was like, you need carbs now. You will stuff your face. Yeah. So it was like, and then, you know, I was doing that for a few months. I'm like, wait, this is, this is not healthy. What's going on here? So, you know, it's not like you do one thing and then the magic red carpet shows you how to be perfectly healthy. There's lots of learning along the way. I'm Um, so glad that you said that because there's also this misconception in the general public that like someone like yourself that has their shit together, you know, a lot about the human body, right? You're in, you're dedicated your life to helping other people improve their body and health that somehow you have all the magic answers and you would never fall victim to doing the things in human nature, right? Like that's where the sociologist yeah. in me comes out where I'm just like human nature, like you can't deny it. Like yeah. we're all guilty of it. Right. I have done like, mm-hmm. like you, the stupidest stuff to my body when I to- totally knew better. I, when I first started training in CrossFit, mm-hmm. I got on the bulletproof coffee bandwagon which is so funny to me now. I'm like, it's so ridiculous. You know, tons of MCT oil in there. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I did that now, I, I wouldn't leave the bathroom. (laughs) It's so ridiculous, but I was more resilient because I was like early thirties then, but, and completely destroyed. I had zero testosterone of which I was super ripped and muscular. So it was like, people were like, how could you not have any testosterone? You look like you're nothing but testosterone because Mm -hmm. I had just completely annihilated myself by not having any carbohydrates when I was in a high, high training protocol. Right. So. I mean, we, we both succumbed to the low carb, high intensity CrossFit, which I'm a reformed CrossFitter as well. It's just, and, and I love it. The community, it's unparalleled, right? There's so many good totally. things about it, but yep. you know, and some people do well in that. If they're people mm-hmm. that aren't type A, aren't super competitive, they can, you know, sort of cruise along great. But those of us that are like, oh, I can push myself better and I can beat everybody and I can, I can be the come best. in there and crush you. <laughs> yes. Then all of a sudden it's like it's 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 faster, it's more, it's 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 insatiable. Yeah. And that leads to hormonal burnout joint issues, you know, it's, it's, and, and now, I mean, my husband's a strength and conditioning coach, you know, it's, and I have, you know, a strength and conditioning coach who programs for me to keep yeah. me in check so that mm-hmm. I don't overtrain again. Um, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's, it, we need, we need to be smart about how we treat our bodies. Oh, but I mean, I, the, I think the biggest thing that people need to understand is, is you can get to the point where you're healthy it just has to be worth it to you. It comes down to priorities, right? Mm-hmm. So I start out, I, I do the you know body composition review with patients. And then the second thing I do before we even talk about their IBS or their back pain or their anxiety, whatever, I say, look, I, I already have a questionnaire that they've filled out that I call context of care review. So mm-hmm. I, I say, look, I need to understand what your goals are, what your priorities are, and how committed you are to achieving your health goals. That's it. That's it. I had the same way with my training clients. It's like, I need to know what your commitment level is because I'm not going to care more about you than you are. The funny thing is, is about 95% of my patients say 100% committed. And so I know, right? You're, uh, you know, that's not the truth. That's what they want to think about Mm -hmm. themselves. So Mm -hmm. we break it down and I tell them like, look, there's no right or wrong. Your health is your health. You need to realize that 
if, if you're not making the decision every moment to choose what is healthiest for you, health is not your number one priority. And that can be okay, right? It's not wrong, but you need to be honest with yourself. And that's when I ask them, okay, what are your non-negotiables, right? And some people say, oh, you know, I can't do too much at home because I have kids or I'm the primary provider or alcohol. I just can't give it up or caffeine or whatever it is, you know, and then I'll slightly nudge them and help them understand why that is not going to lead them to what they want. And then they decide if they change their their mind and they take action or no, that that really is a non-negotiable. Fine. You know, but it's people aren't honest with themselves about what they want and what they're willing to give up for it. So for me to achieve the level of health and maintain the level of health that I have right now mm-hmm. is an everyday decision. You know, <sighs> it, it's, it's, it's never easy. It, it becomes yep. habitual. Like yep. this morning, like I don't get into my office on Wednesdays until 11 AM mm-hmm. because my workouts in the morning are my priorities four days a week, mm-hmm. you know, and I structured my office hours that way because I know that I need to get my workout done. And then I get the rest of my work because if I did it the opposite way around, oh, I'd be exhausted. Forget and it. I'd, Never I'd, happen. Just, I'd deplete myself again, right? Yep. It wasn't the work. So that was a priority. So I put that in place. Right? Mm-hmm. I have a meal delivery service because I don't have the time to cook the way that I would want to for myself. Mm-hmm. So I spend the money and yep. I'm willing to do that, right? It's, 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 it's a lot of seemingly small things that add up to create the opportunity to be healthy. You know, and I have a lot of colleagues that say, oh, it must be so nice to be able to get workouts or have meals delivered or sleep nine hours a night, all of this. I'm like, yeah, it's really It is nice. nice and I've done a good job at making and it I, happen. <laughs> I make sure that it, it happens, right? And it's, it's this, you know, culture of if you do things that are putting yourself first, that's bad or that's selfish or you're, you know, you're, you know, making me look bad. There's so, there's so much mental about it, but you know, everybody has their own set of priorities. And if they really want to be healthy, they really want to get over whatever they have going on. It's possible. They need guidance to know what to do or not do. And they need to be honest with themselves about what, what are they willing to do or give up to achieve that health? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't choose to go out to bars and clubs. I choose to go to bed by like 9 PM at night because that's how I feel amazing. And I love it. I haven't always had good sleep. When I was a kid, I, I broke multiple cassette tapes or cassette players because I listened to cassette tapes so much because I couldn't fall asleep. And I would memorize entire stories because I would lay there for hours and hours because I didn't know how to create healthy sleep hygiene for myself. Right. But now I was in the exact same boat. Like I literally, I mean, this sounds terrible. It was like, I would take like sleeping stuff at night when I was, I can remember it even like as young as like late grade school, early Mm -hmm. junior high, because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I didn't know how to sleep. Yeah. And we're not taught that. Yep. I wasn't taught that. It was like, and today to this day, it takes very good sleep hygiene and routine for me. So I can, my phone is off at seven o'clock at night. It's on do not disturb from seven to seven because I don't have the discipline. If it's on and I hear a bing, I'm going to pick it up. That blue light melatonin gets shut down and I'm like, okay. And then I'm definitely not going to be able to sleep. I have to be really diligent about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's work. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but it's worth it to me because then I feel totally. good in the morning versus like last night I didn't sleep good. It was like, I had a lot of stuff on my mind yeah. and I broke, I went past the kind of sleep window. I stayed mm-hmm. up too late reading. And so it was like, I was super tired and then went past that. And then, you know, where you get like, where you can't shut down. Yeah. So what happened to me is like this morning, I wasn't at the top of my game. It was like, I was 30 minutes late for walking my dog and I got it all done because I'm disciplined yep. enough to do that. But I don't like to feel suboptimal in the morning. Well, and that's, but that's where I feel like our bodies, once we achieve good health, we become so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing because when we get the slightest bit out of whack, our body will be like, okay, you need to recorrect. Right. And so, oh yeah, that, that, you know, slight change in your routine disrupted your sleep, but you can be like, that was it. I'm going to recorrect and I'm going to get back to my normal routines. You know, it's, it's like people that say, oh, well, you know, if I avoid gluten, will I become more sensitive to it and then not be able to eat it again? You know, that's a possibility. But if that's the case, then your body's actually able to give you the signs that it's inflammatory and it's a problem for you. And so do you really want to eat it once you can feel that? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, you know, I've, you know, had health issues for a long time, but it's, it's, I always view it now as a blessing because my body will tell me very quickly if what I'm doing is good or not, and I can course correct. So for people out there that think that, you know, people in your, in my situation, we're always perfect and we're always healthy. No, it's just, if we deviate, we feel it. So we make the choice after we're re-reminded, oh, that's why I went to bed at that time. That's why I choose to eat that. That's why I choose to work out this way. Right. So we can continue to choose to be healthy. And, you know, sometimes it takes many, many, many reminders, you know, and a lot of my patients, they'll feel really, really, really good. And then they'll feel like, oh, I can go back to my old habits and then they'll regress. And then, and then we have to start over and it might take them three or four times of going through that cycle until they're Mm -hmm. like, why am I doing this to myself? Right. They see now cause effect, but a lot of people are not healthy enough for their bodies to actually give them symptoms Mm -hmm. from what they're doing, because it's so, it's so chronic. They're so inflamed. Their body's so used to it that they misinterpret it as, Oh, that's not bad for me. Mm -hmm. It's bad for you. Your body just can't show you in the short term because it's so used to it. So we get them healthier, more sensitive then your body can show you. So there's a lot of, you know, misunderstanding about that as well, but it's just, our bodies are amazing. We just have to work to create how we want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And there's never been, and we can kind of wrap it up here, but there's never been a more important time truly in, in our lifetime. There's never been a more important time for people to really start being curious. Yeah. Right. Thinking critically for themselves, stepping back and taking responsibility to do what they know is right and take responsibility for their own health. Yep. Right. Yep. And it, and it, and it's all data proven now, right? Yep. Like what you're saying is isn't isn't some, you know, woo-woo idea. We have science to show that the the more you exercise to a certain degree, the less likely you are to get covid. The better Absolutely. your levels are, the less likely you will. It's just all of the research out there to support these types of lifestyle decisions is there. It is there. I just shared something this morning. Um, sorry to interject, but it came to my 
to my attention that there's a local doctor here that had his third vaccination. He's really pounding the pavement booster. to every to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, booster already. You're like, really? Um, so they really work. They must. And he's diagnosed with COVID, mm-hmm. right? Not quarantine, not quarantine the way he's supposed to either. I, I do and, want to say the clinical syndrome of COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's change the language around it versus my husband. So I had COVID. Um, mm-hmm. That was probably like in February, March, three day headache. I got over it. I bounced back really quick, but I, I take care of myself on the front end. I know all the supplements that I should be taking. I work with a functional medicine doctor. Like I, I'm doing my part. I got it. I, I fly a lot and um, lost my sense of smell and taste. That was the only reason I knew I had it. Cause other than that, I just had a three day headache and I was like, wow, this is a weird headache. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, my husband never had it. Mm-hmm. He's been working. He's been putting central lines in people. He's been working on COVID patients every single day of his life. Every day he's at work since this all started, mm-hmm. he lives with me. We slept in the same bed. He never got it. Mm-hmm. He is a lot less stress ridden than I am. So that would explain mm-hmm. a lot of it too. He sleeps better than me. So, but it just goes to show you, he's like, and he's not vaccinated and he sure shit doesn't have three shots. Yeah. Right. I mean, and he's never had it. The proof. And that's, that's anecdotal because it's one person, but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. The evidence is there. If people just do some digging and learning about the people that are really getting sick. And there's always outliers, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of underlying heart conditions and stuff that we don't ever know about people that something like COVID would take them out, right? Well, and just, I mean, I I guess, you know, kind of in wrapping up here, something that I also really want to make sure that people understand as a way to walk back, get, get rid of some of the fear is, is we've been sold a lie that exposure is the primary way that we get sick. It's, oh. it's not right. It's not, no, it's not coughs on you. So like you and your husband, you're sharing the same bed, you're sick. He's not right. That's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. If you think that, you know, you just exchange germs and that's how you get sick. But no. And I can tell you that we body. had just come off of a trip. So to mm-hmm. that effect, like I had just come off of a trip and we were all on the trip together. Um, it, it was at a high elevation. We were on a ski trip and my sleep gets really jacked up when I go to like 13,000 feet and we were in Colorado skiing. So I had insomnia almost the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. I, we ate like nachos and played Scrabble and all the things that I wouldn't eat at home. Mm-hmm. Right. We drank on that trip. Mm-hmm. I got sick as soon as we got home and he did not. Yeah. So you, you created a susceptibility, a weakness. I did. It was me. I broke myself down just enough where it just slid in. And thankfully I'm strong enough and resilient enough to fight it easily, but I did it right. When Joe Rogan just had it, he said the same thing that he had gone out and played pool all night, like stayed up until four o'clock in the morning when he was on the road and drank more than he ever does. He got it when he got back home. Like, And that, that's what happens. Like if yep. we give our body what it needs, it can be healthy and amazing. And if you create the conditions that break your body down, you will get sick. What it actually is, what the diagnosis is, that is a whole other long conversation. Right. Um, but you know, that's, that's how sickness happens. So you can make yourself more resilient by vitamin D, strength training, sleep, so many amazing things. And you can also create disease for yourself by pushing your body, exhausting your body, creating the conditions by which your body becomes sick. So it's, it's, yeah, it's our responsibility. It's what we do to ourselves. It's not this 
stay away from me. And it's, yeah, it's, I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I want you to like, give us a final thought on that because that is so important because we can't, we can't just undo the fact that there are people that are truly scared. And if someone really is super afraid, that is, that's their truth, right? Like that's their reality because they're living it every day. Now, mm-hmm. is it actually the truth? No, but we can't poo poo that. It's hard for me not to, cause I'm just like, come on. I'm just not a person that's afraid of a lot of things. Yeah. So, but we have to be empathetic to that and mm-hmm. educate, which I love that you just did. So do you want to leave us with a final thought on that? Yeah. I mean, I final I've truth. Seen, I've seen the patients that create disease for themselves by the fear that they are constantly living with, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's not pretty. And it's really difficult to be in a situation where I'm trying to help them get better, but they're doing it to themselves you know, and the science on what fear does to our immune system, to our bodies is well understood and it's not a good thing. So, you know, yeah, the the final thought is you don't need to be afraid about something coming at you. You need to be proactive about creating your own health because that will help not only you, but it helps other people around you. When we are healthy, we actually share immunity with other people around us. So it's, it's, it's definitely don't be afraid of your neighbor. Don't not hug your family. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the opposite of what we're being told. We need to love. We need to feel safe. We need to feel at ease. It's just, we live, we live in upside down world right now. There's so many examples of what is the mainstream narrative is it, it inverted. And then you have the truth. So, ah. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. This was so good. And thank you for willing to spend some time helping spread the truth out there because that's what all of us have a responsibility to try to do right now. Thank so you I'm so much for the sincerely platform. grateful for it. My pleasure. Awesome. Sounds we'll do it again one of these days. Sounds good.